It's a College Baseball Tuesday. Some schools had great weekends. I'm thinking Louisville. I'm thinking Ole Miss. Wake Forest, more like Rake Forest, am I right? And let's talk MLB Draft. Who are some guys who have really lifted their draft stock over the first month? Stay tuned. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer at Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And on today's episode on the College Baseball Tuesday, let's talk about some of these great series that we just finished up over the weekend. The first school we got to talk about, Louisville, made a statement. So they were playing against Notre Dame. Swept them, took all three, uh, 16 to 11, 8 to 1, 7 to 5. And the thing about Louisville scoring 31 runs over the series at Notre Dame is going into last weekend, Notre Dame had the second best team ERA in the nation. They had a 161 ERA as a team. And so, like, holy cow. Um, yeah, Louisville, I mean, you knew they could put up offense. They were third in. Uh, in scoring entering the weekend, they've won 13 to 14 games now, and their schedule wasn't full of pushovers. They had a, they they beat obviously Notre Dame, they beat Michigan, they beat TCU, but like this was a team that lost several players from last year, including uh, number one overall Henry Davis. But three guys over five home runs right now, one guy with more than ten steals, and so like this Louisville squad looked really impressive, really explosive there. Uh, their pitching staff did well. But the thing for me, I mean, is I want to see kind of going forward, there's two things I'm looking for from Louisville to figure out are they legit or not. And the thing number one is they've really only played one true road game. So they opened with the opening weekend tournament in Tampa. They played Charlotte, Connecticut, and South Florida. They went one and two. And then since there, they've just been at home. Uh, They won six straight, 13 and lost 14. Like I said, Michigan, TCU, Notre Dame. But it's something where... You haven't had a true road test. You haven't really had to go on the road other than that one game in Tampa against South Florida, which was technically a neutral site, but Tampa is considered South Florida apparently, so it was a home, pretty much a home game for them. And then the defense. Louisville's defense is, uh, the field percentage is 963. Now, they had five errors over the weekend against Notre Dame, and so that's something I'm going to be watching for. And that was a big theme, actually, of the weekend was errors and sloppy play and high, and high scores. Uh, I saw a tweet on Monday talking about how many 20-run games were in college baseball uh, to up to this point in the year compared to what it was last year and three years ago. And just talking about, it goes back to what we've talked about on so many College Baseball Tuesdays about the lack of um, the lack of high-end pitching talent in college right now because of injuries, because of guys being youngsters, because of folks being held out. So definitely something to keep in mind. But when we're talking about errors, huh? Got to mention the Old Miss series. The, the almost consensus number one, um, they go to Auburn. They take two out of three. And like, honestly, there may not be a more complete lineup top to bottom than Old Miss. I mean, it was, so they um, they win Thursday 13 to six. They win Saturday 15 to two. They lose on Friday, like, like I think it was like 20 to three or something. But uh Complete, like just a great blend of power and speed across this entire lineup. They moved uh, shortstop Jacob Gonzalez to leadoff for the, the Auburn series, and I think it really kind of gave them a spark. 
he really was a good catalyst. And so you're kind of lining up. You had him. You had outfielder TJ McCants. You had second baseman Peyton Chartonier. I think I can say that. And so you'd have a bunch of guys who could get on, steal bases, get in scoring position. And then first baseman and captain Tim Elko would come up, uh, drive him in. He's got eight home runs on the season. I think he hit two against Auburn. And so... I mean, just an absolutely, the top of the lineup is tough. Yeah, but all the way through, they've got depth. They've got uh, good power, good speed all the way through. Definitely can score runs. Very dynamic lineup. And then the questions there is, it's still the pitching. So, like, Jack Doherty looked good on Saturday against Auburn. Um, You know, and Auburn had scored 25 runs over the first first two games. But it's something where, if you think about it, Ole Miss lost some guys. They lost Gunnar Hogland. They lost Doug Nikhazy. They lost their closer, Taylor Broadway. All went to the draft. And, you know, Doherty made a second start, looked really good. Uh, I think he gave up two runs in five innings, had like seven strikeouts. But um, John Gaddis, the lefty, Derek Diamond, the righty, neither one of them could get out of the fourth inning. And then you looked at the bullpen. You saw um, Hunter Elliott. You saw Brandon Johnson throw on Saturday. They each got, I think, I think together they got four scoreless innings. But other than that, the first two games, the bullpen gives up 16 runs in the first two games. Um, and they, they they covered, I want to say, 10 or 10 to third innings. You know, maybe 11 innings. And they gave up 16 runs. So definitely something they have to work for. Mike Bianco is going to get this team right. But just kind of figured out what they're going to do. And then uh, Wake Forest. I alluded to it at the top. But uh, Wake Forest, more like Rake Forest. So they play Georgia Tech. Uh, they win the series. And some of these game scores are just absolutely nuts. I've got it right here. Uh, Friday night, five to three. Um, Saturday, twenty-seven to seven over Georgia Tech, and then Georgia, Georgia Tech wins the finale, fourteen and five. But Wake Forest is now sixteen and four. Um, that twenty-seven runs, the most runs they had ever scored in a conference game. Uh, it's like the third time this year, though, that they've scored at least 20 runs. So Wake For- you think of Wake Forest, you think of a team known for pitching. They've got the pitching lab there, you know, where they they work in the lab on 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 pitchers, on pitch development, uh, biomechanics, and all of that. But offensively, they're really kind of coming around, and they've got a really tough schedule. They they've already played Florida State and Georgia Tech. They went one and two against Florida State, two and one against Tech. Um. Number number four, Virginia, comes in this week to Winston-Salem. So another matchup, it's going to be tough. Uh, a lot of like quality talent there. The only schedule harder than them in the ACC so far, I think, has been NC State. Because NC State had, four, had Notre Dame at home and then went to Florida State. Uh, we talked on this show on College Baseball Tuesday when we previewed the ACC. We talked with Drake about how good Florida State's pitchers are. Like This pitching staff is fantastic. That may be the best rotation in college right now. And so Wake Forest, NC State, both kind of handling those early tough schedules. I'm really excited to watch uh, that Virginia-Wake um, series. It's going to be a lot of offense. Virginia's pretty good at what they do. Uh, and in just a minute, I kind of want to preview some of the upcoming series this week, and there's going to be some really fun stuff to talk about. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet.Online. Uh, we are in the college basketball tournament. I believe as you are watching this, we should be in the round of 16. Uh, there's like one SEC school left. There's, you know, a bunch of like middle and higher seeds, or like it's technically lower seeds, uh, made made this round. So if you need info on the odds, uh, the the player props, the contest, betaline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info, and it remains your best spot. 
uh, for all your sports scores and news this season. It's not just college basketball. Professional basketball is there, obviously. You got hockey, you got UFC. Right now, a lot of the baseball stuff is up. We've got we have in my email just came in uh, to like Monday night. I've got an email about uh, Cy Young favorites and MVP favorites. I'm excited to dig into that. Uh, sometime soon on the show, and I'm waiting for them to get their Rookie of the Year odds out. We're going to do a whole show on Rookie of the Year odds. I'm excited about that. But in the meantime, if you want basketball, baseball, any of this, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. So this weekend, you've got some great matchups coming up, and I, there's a, about four or five that I want to run through. You can find a lot of these streaming. They're always available to watch. Um, number seven, Tennessee at number one, Old Miss. To me, this is the highlight of the weekend. This is the best series of the weekend. Uh, Tennessee leads the nation in home runs. This team will crank bombs. Uh, Old Miss has a very potent offense. They put up 33 runs on a, on a good Auburn squad last weekend. So lots of offense in this. Um, I think Tennessee's probably going to get the better of this because Ole Miss is susceptible to giving up runs. They gave up 27 to Auburn, and you saw the bullpen specifically gave up a bunch of runs over the weekend. So um, I feel good about Tennessee's offense. The question I have is how are they going to travel? Tennessee hasn't really gone on the road other than the Shriners Children's Classic the first, I think it was the first weekend or second weekend of the season. Other than that, they've mostly been home. And so... This is their first true hostile environment, and you go to number one to boot. So I'm curious to see what happens there. If you want more about it, I guarantee you Eric Kaner with Locked On Volunteers is going to be covering this probably Thursday or Friday, so go check it out. Um, another game I'm excited for, Dallas Baptist versus uh, Top 25 Maryland. So this is a non-conference matchup, but Dallas Baptist, they've like after the first weekend, they've only lost one weekend game. They've been surprisingly competitive. Um, Maryland. They swept Baylor to open the season, and then since then, they only have two weekend losses, and I think those were Michigan. So, like, good squads. They've played some good teams. Uh, Maryland has a really good rotation. We talked about that in the preview, but I think as far as non-conference action goes, this is probably your best non-conference matchup of the weekend. And then another big implications for college baseball series, uh, Texas versus Texas Tech. So Texas is going to Lubbock. To play Texas is in the top five, Texas Tech's in the top 25. Um, and so this is the opener of conference play. These two teams together have won the last five Big 12 regular season titles. So the winner of this uh, matchup, whoever wins this series, has to be in the driver's seat to win the Big 12. Uh, obviously, only late March, but a quote from Auburn head coach Butch Thompson, he's like, these games count just as much as the games in April and May. Uh, they don't count these games any differently because they're earlier in the year. And so, I mean, whoever has the head-to-head is going to have the tiebreaker when it gets to the end of the season. So this is a big matchup for both squads. I think that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Texas is a bit hurt losing some of their, you know, losing some pitching depth, but you're good to go there. Um, I've been emailing with a listener, Wesley, just moved to Florida, watching the show. Uh, so shout out to Wesley. This is the matchup for you. Top 25 LSU at top 10 Florida. Okay. So what I want to see here, your Friday night matchup is going to be the best one because I want to see Florida um, ace pitcher Hunter Barco. We've talked about him on the show before in the SEC preview, but he's a guy. So 172 ERA right now, batting average allowed of 153, but he 
faces an LSU squad that just does nothing but get on base all day. They hit, they get base hits, they hit home runs, they walk, uh, they get hit by pitches more than average. Like they get on base, and so I I want to see that Friday night matchup of what Hunter Barco does to kind of shut down that LSU offense and what that looks like. And then uh, we do have to give a shout out to our friends, at the University of Albany, the Great Danes. Uh, they have their home opener against the New Jersey Institute of Technology Highlanders. Um, but specifically, I'm going to be watching for our boy Brad Malm. Uh, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. He is number two in college baseball right now in home runs. Uh, he has 11 home runs through 17 games. He is tied with Tommy Tanks of NC State, who has 11 home runs in 19 games. And he is they are both one home run behind Virginia's Jack Gelliff, who has... 12 home runs in 20 games. So Brad's doing more with less. Uh, I believe the 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 Albany record, I, I want to say, was somewhere... It was pretty low. It's 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 reachable. And hit, like, this is, this is going to happen. Uh, I hope it happens at home this weekend. University of Albany, Great Danes, good luck against the New Jersey Institute of Technology Highlanders. I hope you all win. In just a minute, I, talking about Brad Malm and about... Um, how guys are doing nationally. I want to talk about some of the guys who are who have rebuilt some of their stock or increased their stock, uh, made themselves some money in the draft uh, in this first month of college baseball. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. And the thing about Rock Auto is there are so many makes and models of cars out there. It is impossible for the local store down the street to have everything that you need. And so why answer all the questions and have to run out to the car to look at the sticker and all of that just for them to tell you they don't have the part when you can go to rockauto.com. Save time, save money. You'll you know, It will be cheaper because Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving DIYers for over 20 years. They don't have the brick and mortar site. They don't have all that overhead of a chain auto parts store. They have everything. They just carry everything you need. Uh, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, whatever it might be. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, so players who have made themselves some money since the season started because a lot of the mocks were pre-college baseball right it's like all right December January we're gonna do a mock draft and we're gonna kind of write down who takes who where and so I kind of want to go through some different levels of the draft and kind of talk about some guys who improved their stock and the first one and we've talked a lot about catchers on this show first one I want to talk about is Georgia Tech catcher Kevin Parada so already seen as a first round talent but I think what he's done this year is he's taken himself from first round to top 10. Uh, so he's gotten a hit in all but two games this season. So his slash line, 400, 495, 753. Okay, eight home runs and 85 at-bats. Only eight strikeouts and 85 at-bats. OPS of 1248. It's absolutely absurd. And when you watch Georgia Tech play, so he's tweaked his stance and it's very unorthodox to look at. When he first sets up, it looks like his bat's pointing at the ground. And I really don't, it looks really strange. But he shifts into a good setup as the pitcher is getting ready to release the ball. And like, it's weird, but it works. He's unlocked some power with it. He can still get to the zone in time. So it's not like an issue. It's just odd to watch. 
Uh, now, the downside is his defense. And by that specifically, I mean, he's working on on receiving and on framing. But something that he struggled with this season so far has been stolen bases. So, he's they've attempted 17 stolen bases against him. He's caught three of those guys. Uh, I still think his offense is strong enough to make him the number one catcher in the draft. But when you look at this draft, there's probably four or five catchers that you're looking at in the first or second round. You've got him. You've got Daniel Susak from Arizona. You've got Logan Tanner from Mississippi State. Hayden Dunhurst from Ole Miss is a guy I got to watch in person last weekend when Ole Miss came to Auburn. And great receiver. Absolutely excels at a lot of those edge pitches. You know, inside edge, outside edge. Getting it, stealing a strike for his pitcher. You know, just just very, very often uh, controls the running game very well. Auburn's um, a team that likes to run, especially at the top of the lineup with Blake Rambush. And I don't think they attempted maybe more than one or two steals all weekend. And it's just because you can watch him in warmups and you can watch him between innings just gun it. I mean, pop time's great. Arm strength is great. Accuracy's there. I'm really impressed with Hayden Dunhurst. I like what he's done. Um, So look for him in one of those top couple rounds. Uh, Another guy who's kind of brought his profile up a bit, Jordan Beck, the outfielder from Tennessee. He's probably going to be the second outfielder in the draft now. He was seen as a second or third round guy. He's solidly in the first round now. So I'm thinking Gavin Cross, the outfielder from Virginia Tech, and then right after him is Beck. Uh, Slash line 338, 379, 575. Five home runs, five stolen bases through 20 games. Not quite the power or speed production you want, but good that he has both. Um, is is getting walked quite a bit. And then defensively, um, he has... He has looked good in the outfield, um, good routes, good reactions, good reads. So you feel good about Jordan Beck being a high draft pick and being able to adjust sooner rather than later. It feels like he's gotten better when he's gotten to SEC play, which is wild. So something where you think he's going to adjust pretty well into minor league baseball. Uh, and then some pitchers. We've talked about all of the pitcher injuries and all of the guys who have not, um, you know, who just have fallen in this thing. You, you just go through the list and it's like Peyton... Um, You've got like Peyton Paulette, you've got Spencer Jones, Connor Prelip, like all these guys who have been hurt who are out. Kumar Rocker obviously is going to be in the class even though he's not pitching right now. So some pitchers that I've seen that I really like so far. Gabriel Hughes, the righty out of Gonzaga. So what I love about him is, and he's a guy who, he was a two-way player for the first two years of his career. And obviously COVID knocked out 2020 for him. He broke a bone in uh, 21, so that got cut short. And he's dropped the uh, the two-way thing. He's pitching full-time now. And I really like the fastball-slider combo for him. So the fl- the fastball is a, sits 95 to 97. It's got good movement on it. The slider is like a high 80s wipeout pitch. It's a plus pitch. And he went in the offseason. He added the change to it. He worked on that. He already had a, um, a, a curveball, which nothing special, but it's fine. And so the thing that I like is... He's got two. He's got a plus pitch in the slider. He's got above average to plus in the fastball. A little bit more movement on that. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a weapon. Uh, and he does all of this from a three quarter slot with a really low effort delivery. And so he's a guy that can, can absolutely, you can see him expanding out, doing uh, doing more. He needs to obviously show you he can go a full season without that velo dropping. But so far this year, five and zero on the season, one seven four ERA. 31 innings pitch, 49 strikeouts to nine walks. Uh, threw six scoreless against the Long Beach State Dirtbags. 
Uh, he threw six innings of one run ball against Cal State Fullerton. He's got a win against Oklahoma State, a win against New Mexico, a win against Pacific. His control's gotten better. I think his control can get to plus. And that's something where uh, improving the changeup and continuing to get better with the changeup is going to bring his overall control up to a plus just from above average. But he's a guy that I like a lot. Uh, he's probably gone from a round five or so guy to fringe first to second. I mean, whether it's the supplemental for the first, uh, top of the second, bottom of the first, like I see him as having come up, uh, provided that he continues doing this all year. He's looked so much better now that he's a full-time pitcher and is not trying to bat anymore. Um, another guy, Justin Campbell of Oklahoma State, talking about, you know, uh, Gonzaga beating Oklahoma State. So Justin Campbell, I think he's gone from a day two to a day one guy, maybe even something like second round. Uh, big boy, 6'7", 221. Really has that frame. Uh, can add strength. Another guy, former two-way player. Big. I mean, and I, in high school, you got these guys hitting tanks. So, but, okay. So the fastball is a plus pitch. And I wish there was a little more velo to it. It's about 92 or so right now. But it's got some run to it. It's got some deception. The, uh, the slider is average to plus. Um, it's got... It's got good movement on it. I like what it does. Changeup is average. The curveball can be plus. And I think the thing about the curveball is he's able to manipulate the shape of it to get outs. And so he can make it he can he can make it break deeper or shallower depending on what you're sitting on. So when he figures out that a dude is sitting on that curveball, waiting for that curveball, or is going to do well to hit it, he can drop it lower than the last one you saw, mess with eye level a bit. I like that. Um so he's got just under 30 innings, uh, two and one on the season, two one five ERA, walk to strikeout ratio is 49 to nine. So um, a lot of just like shows a lot of, of a lot of growth there, a lot of improved control, able to use that arsenal to get more guys out, and then kind of going through. Um, Adam Mazur has probably pulled himself up into the top 50 um, right hand pitcher out of Iowa. He's a guy throwing hard. This year than he was last year. Uh, looked good at the Cape. At, at Cape Cod. He's allowed a couple runs at each of his starts. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy that that the stuff is there. He's developing the stuff. He's developing the velo. And so I think he's one of those guys you kind of take him. I'm not saying a project, but you take him kind of high. You refine those pitches. And then when he gets to, to, to your big league team, you are happy with what you have. Uh, if you want to stay tuned this week, I've got we got some great stuff coming up. If you have questions for the show, we do mailbags every Monday. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com. About half my mailbag last week came from from uh, the emails. Didn't have time to get to all of them. So if you have questions, please send them in sooner rather than later. That'd be great. Um, stay tuned tomorrow. We have a great chat with our friend Javier of Locked On Padres. We're talking. Uh, C.J. Abrams. We're talking the Fernando Tatis injury. I've got some questions about um, the the salary levels, how they're going to do the uh, Hosmer and Voigt, um, getting rid of Will Myers, a lot of that stuff. So um, come back, check that out. If you're on YouTube while you're here, do us a favor, like and subscribe. It really does help the show a ton. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.